This is the Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Alan and I today for the Real Magic Design Podcast, where we try to unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs and work together to make design that is profitable. I'm Greg from Studio One Design, and here's my partner, Alan from Pixel Partners. How are you, man? Man, I am awesome, all right? And uh, full disclosure to our listener today, we have got a Fabulous, fabulous guest on this episode, and um, we're going to tell you in advance, if you're used to our nice short 30-minute sort of time slot episodes, and you're listening to this on the way to work, you're going to have to listen to it on the way back as well, because this episode is really, really long, but stay with it, because it's gold. We decided not to split it in two, and, and you know what? We'd actually love to hear from you after you've listened to the episode. If you if you prefer these long episodes to go in in one episode please post in our in our show notes uh, or sorry on our website or itunes uh if you'd rather them split into two we'd love to hear that too so uh, we're going to be real quick about our intros today because i want to get straight into this greg what do you got going on man yeah cool man i'll keep it brief as well but i just wanted to talk about this new tool analytics tool that i've discovered called hotjar.com and this is like an all-in-one analytics and feedback tool where it's like having crazy you know like a heat map service on your site and you can use um, you know surveys and it just has a whole range of things that you can utilize to get a better result out of your website so yeah i've just implemented that and uh, i'm going to be testing it over the next couple of weeks what about you buddy I am having a really interesting time. I'm trying to find a copywriter. And to be honest, I'm seeing some real parallels with finding a copywriter to finding a a designer. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got to really find somebody who gels with you, whose style fits, you know. So... I'm having, I'm actually having quite a lot of fun. I ended up deciding to pay like four different copywriters to do the same job. I talk to each of them, and then at the end, I'm going to uh, pick the one that I feel fits the best. So I'll let you know how that comes out. Awesome, man. Yeah, that sounds really cool, mate. We have got JD. His full name is John Dwyer from the Institute of Wow.com. And uh, you want to check out his website at the start of this call just to see the quality of uh, what he offers. But okay, let's just give a quick intro into what he's all about. So essentially, JD is the guy that got Seinfeld out of retirement to get him to do an advertising campaign for a Queensland bank. So, I mean, he's just full of marketing gold. And uh, yeah, why don't we just launch in? Dude, absolutely. Wow is the simplest way to describe it. Uh, Let's get JD in here. Oh, g'day, JD. Mate, it is great to have you here. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Alan. Mate, uh, on the Real Magic podcast, you know, one of our main aims is to connect design and business owners. And a lot of the time, you know, we are relating this to marketing, you know, because this is where, where these tools are used. Now, you have had an amazing absolutely phenomenal journey in your business life today um, and I love everything about the wow stuff that you do so mate could you just for the sake of our uh, listener uh, can you just tell us a little bit about who you are and your journey not a problem Alan look I think you've got the wrong guy I'm a car mechanic <laughs> so I'm sorry but I, I think you you're looking for John DeWire are you yeah that'd be the guy I'm only joking, and if my kids were here, they'd be saying, what a lame dad joke that is, Dad. Yeah. Don't worry, my kids would say the same. You have six kids, right? 
Uh, I've got six kids, mate. Yeah, and they're um, they're aged between seventeen and late twenties these days. So they think I'm a complete nerd. I'm afraid. So I'll have to live with that. But uh, Al, just to answer your question on a semi-serious note, mate. Uh, yeah, my business is a uh, marketing advisory uh, company, and uh, we've called the Institute of Wow. And uh, I guess what makes us a, I was going to say a little different, but actually a lot different from the traditional advertising agency model. So uh, you spend some money today, and you know whether it worked tomorrow. Whereas if you sponsor the Olympics or sponsor a big football, basketball or, you know, sort of, you know, any sporting team or sporting club, the advertising agency will argue, despite the fact that you're not seeing any extra dollars coming through your cash register, they'll argue that you're building your brand. And that's fine if you're a big multinational, you can afford to sort of, I guess, live with that. But if you're a smaller business where you've got to pay the rent now, um, I find that you know, the owners of that size business are much more interested in spending some money today on marketing and finding out whether it worked tomorrow. What I love about your style though, JD, is that you've got a long history of you know marketing formulas at work and a lot of it's offline formulas and you mix that beautifully with the online world. Oh, thanks, Greg. Yeah, look, um, you know, I'm in the latter stage of my 50s, and so therefore, I guess, you know, a lot of my career has been before the online world came along. But given the game I'm in, which is marketing and showing people how to attract clients to their business, I've had to make sure I, you know, keep up to speed with what's happening in the online world. And that's exactly the case. I mean, you know, the thing that, like, social media experts amaze me because the large majority of them are talking through the hat, I believe. In the old days, and I, I, I mean pre-social media, you would build a relationship with someone and they'd buy off you because we, we do business with people we like generally. Yeah. Well, it's, it's no different. It's no different except in the old days where you would take someone to lunch or maybe lunch and dinner if it was one of those sorts of lunches. And, you know, they would see another side of you and that, uh, you know, they felt comfortable dealing with you because you actually did show, you know, the other side outside of business. Then that's, but that was measurable. You knew that if you took them to two or three lunches, then there was a good chance that you would hopefully do business with them. There was a measurability to that. But a lot of the social media experts are out there um, delivering so-called expert knowledge, but not giving any deliverability to any of their clients. They're just saying, oh, look, you know, you've just got to be on social media. I mean, there was a statistic that was given to me recently, which said that 68% of all companies using social media said that they have no idea whether there's a return on the investment. 68%, 68%, okay? Now, the smart operators like Sprinkles Cupcakes in America, they understand how to use social media in the old-fashioned way that we used to tips and then sell stuff. And what they do, and if you guys, Alan, Greg, have you heard of Sprinkles Cupcakes in America? I have, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, they're basically a chain uh, of the typical, you know, sort of fluffy cupcakes business. So therefore, they're a bakery but on steroids. And what they do is that every morning at 6 o'clock, they post on Facebook and Twitter the whisper word for today. Now, this is how you use social media. And that whisper word today might be sunshine. And therefore, if you're one of the first 50 people that get into a Sprinkles cupcake store and you whisper today's whisper word, sunshine, you get a free cupcake. Now, 71% of everyone who goes in and gets the free cupcake buys something else. Nice lead magnet. Yeah. So therefore, the thing is, is that they're using social media in a very smart way. They've got measurability attached to it. They're not showing pictures of the outside of their shop and telling you it's a sunny day. Absolutely. I mean, you know, having that the the measurement, the 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 the, the analytics in place to know that when you do something, it gives you a return is huge. And I think, yeah, you know, because it, there's a perceived low cost to doing social media. People take that for granted. I mean, if you're doing traditional offline marketing, you want to measure the result of your TV campaign, of your press ad, because it costs you a fortune. Yes. 
Yes, yes. And and look, Alan, you brought up a very good point there about the, uh, you know, the old world of the TV and the radio and newspaper campaigns. It amazes me how many people think that there's only an online world now. They forget that, you know, the Sydney newspaper, for example, here in Australia uh, on a Sunday, which is called the Sunday Telegraph, is still selling 550,000 papers. Hmm. Now, you know, it ain't dead just yet, I'm afraid. And, uh, you know, the MasterChef TV program uh, on Australian television, goodness knows what the numbers are on American television, but on Australian television, that will have an audience of somewhere between 1.5 and 2.2 million viewers every time that comes on. Now, they're still big numbers. And my view is, is that what Greg just brought up a moment ago is the perfect marriage. And that is, and not many people do it who are just, dare I say, under under 30 or maybe under 35, they, they've come up in the online world, but they forget that you can use offline media to actually create avalanche traffic onto your online world. Now, whether that's a landing page or whether that's a website, but what I do uh, for a lot of my clients is that I provide them with campaigns that actually have a large component of offline, but that offline uh, communications, be it TV or radio or letterbox brochure, or whatever it might be, drives them onto the website or landing page, which, which then... Uh, acts as the 24-7 sales manager. Yeah, that's awesome, JD. So basically, when you do send them to a, a landing page or a website, you also, every every campaign that I've seen you do has a really good offer on there as well. So how do you come up with you know these amazing offers that get incredible results? Mate, I think um, I'm going to be a little sarcastic here, Greg, but uh, I think it'll help sort of get the message across. Um, because I am the father of six children and as I said they're 17 to late 20s now um, we've only got three of them at home a 17 19 and 21 year old but at one stage my wife Gail and myself had six children under 12 and uh, we must have spent at McDonald's because of their damn happy meals we must have spent six billion dollars at McDonald's <laughs> throughout those years now I only spent that six billion dollars because I wanted to keep the kids in the Tarago um, happy and stop them from screaming and do you think it had anything to do with the hamburger no it had everything to do with the plastic Disney toy. Mm-hmm. And so McDonald's were very clever and, and still continue to be clever because they took my eyes or my wife's eyes off the price and onto the free toy, which was going to keep the kids happy. And my philosophy is that every single business should create that happy meal mentality for their business. And uh, Kellogg's, the cereal company, have been doing that for 50 years, putting the toy in the bottom of the cornflakes bucket. Uh, here in Australia, we have a big electrical appliances and furniture uh, chain called Harvey Norman, and he does that by providing two years interest-free, you need to create a wow factor to take your client's eyes off the price. Because if you're in a price-driven industry, and I guess the seminars that I do, I ask people to put their hand up and and tell me whether or not they're in a price-competitive industry, around about 90% of people put their hand up. And I say, good, well, the way to get out of that Uh, First of all, A, you don't want to continue to be in that sort of mode because price discount is just not sustainable. You can't have a 50% discount every week and make money. And secondly, you want to make sure that you are very different from your competitors. And the best way to do that, if you don't have an organic wow factor, like the iPhone does, it's the only one that, you know, has what it has. If you don't have an organic wow factor, you've got to create what I call an artificial wow factor. And that's basically a bonus that would distinguish you from your competitors. And that's absolute gold. It's just... Taking your marketing to the next level and, and making sure that, you know, you're not competing on the same playing field as everybody else. Dead right. Dead right, Alan. And I think the best example probably in the last, you know, sort of decade of my career um, has been a client I had called the Greater Building Society. And uh, you won't get any bigger sea of sameness than the banking industry. They all look the same. 
they are all very boring marketeers and yet they're selling the great Australian dream or the great American dream if you're listening to this in America and that is your own home. So they're selling home loans which should be really quite theatrically driven but no, they just go, oh, we've got home loans for 6.2%. You know, oh, thanks, great. So in this particular client's instance, I was providing my consultancy to them up until a few years ago and it was for you know, a dozen years. And in the very first year when I got involved with them, I spent a few months doing a time and motion study and realising that they were boring. And uh, they're advertising on the TV courtesy of the boring advertising agency. Wait for it, wait for it. Their name is The Greater, as in The Greater Building Society. And the TV showed the mandatory happy banking staff behind the counter waving to the camera with the bank manager going into his door waving to the camera and the jingle said sooner or later it's the greater <laughs> now oh, that's awesome oh no. fantastic I, I said to them i can't match that that's just too good you know <laughs> um so mr sarcasm me ends up in the boardroom meeting with all the senior management on the three or four month mark after i you know sort of done a time emotion study and i threw a happy meal box in the middle of the table i've been to an anthony robbins seminar probably one too many and he says break the mold so that was the way i broke the mold i threw the happy meal box in the middle of the table and i said who's got children and who's got grandchildren and they all put their hand up they're all suits of course they're bankers and i said i'll give you a hundred dollars to anyone that can tell me what a happy meal costs and of course no one came within a dollar they couldn't <laughs> tell me what and of course i pulled the toy out and said that's why they took your eyes off the price so i said we've got to take their eyes off your interest rate which is the price and what we did is that i said the moment you've got a one percent honeymoon rate which every bank in the world has and i said let's get rid of that because there's nothing unique about that we'll devote that one percent revenue um into a free vacation a free holiday and they thought I was mad, they thought I was on drugs, the whole thing. And as it turned out, we tested it for the first three months. They gave me my rope to either hang myself or be a hero. And thankfully, within three months, when we came on television and radio and all the other things, we said, get a home loan from the Greater Building Society or swap from one of those nasty banks that give you nothing and you get a free holiday to Fiji or wherever it might have been, right? They doubled their home loans. We're talking double. We're not talking 10, 11, 12, 15%. They doubled their home loans in the first three months. And uh, I asked them to build a statue of me outside their building. <laughs> And it's still there today. Yeah, well, it, no, it ran for 10 years. I left and consequently a new board came in and decided that, um, that oh, well, you know, we, we, we can do things better. Um, and they decided to cease the home loan offer. And uh, I last time I spoke to one of their management, they were running at 50%, 57% of budget. There you go. Because guess why? They've taken the wow factor out. They were a challenger brand, a classic challenger brand building society against the big four banks here in Australia. And if you're a challenger brand like Richard Branson, who took on Qantas and, and won with his Virgin Airlines, because he's cheeky. If you're a challenger brand, you need to do things different. You need to be a bit cheeky. You need to be a little bit out there. Now, they were, when I was looking after their brand, very virgin-esque. They were very cheeky. In fact, I got Jerry Seinfeld to do their ads for them in the last few years. So that took them to a whole new level. And when I moved on, um, guess what? They got a new board of directors, which were made up mainly of accountants and lawyers, who said, oh, look, I think you know we can do this differently. We'll just go back to marketing on price, 6.2 or 3.2 or whatever percent for an interest rate. Now they look like every other bank and they're invisible. That's ridiculous. So how did you get Jerry, <clears throat> excuse me, how did you get Jerry Seinfeld? Mate, I, I guess it's just a, a lesson in persistence beating intelligence. And thank goodness in my instance that that stands true. Persistence does beat intelligence. <laughs> intelligence. <laughs> yeah, it was just that, really, Greg, it was just that, mate. I, I, we, the Greater Building Society said to me at around about the seven or eight-year mark of this 10-year program with the free holiday or free vacation offer, listen, we've got a lot of the low-lying fruit. 
um, we would like to now step up to um, a, a, a white collar market. We'd like to get a more professional uh, person getting a home loan from us because building societies and credit unions tend to have a working class audience. And I said, okay, well, look, you're never going to get a doctor or dentist because they will go to the banks, but we might be able to get a middle management white collar worker. Let me think about it. And I came back to them and a friend of mine had been doing the Billy Connolly campaign for the ING um, bank here in Australia. And I asked him how that worked. Well, of course, it worked crazily well. And so therefore, I said to them, why don't we think about a personality? And they agreed. And they simply put out a research study or I put together a research study and asked if there was a personality anywhere in the world that would be irreverent you know, brand like the greater had, who do you think it would be? And 2,000 people uh, completed the survey and we had all sorts of names come in, but Seinfeld was up at the top. And I chased him for nine months, nine months, uh, emails, uh, sent a FedEx, FedEx letters and parcels and you name it. And I won't bore you with these you know, exact details, but eventually he said yes. And when I met him for the first time, I said, why did you say yes? You've got more money than God. Why would you say yes to a campaign for a little bank in Australia? He said, well, a couple of reasons. He said, number one, no one from Australia has ever asked me before, and I love your sense of humour. Number two, you asked me to take the mickey out of the big banks, and I take the mickey for a living. And number three, I thought if I didn't say yes, you'd never go away. And that's fantastic. Look, most people give up after the second phone call if they're, if they're trying to get what they want. You know, So you were determined to make this work. You knew the formula would work for your client. And you are unwilling to, to, to give up. I think that's fantastic. Well, Alan, you know, one of the things I do at my seminars, because I know that there are people in the room who might be doing it tough, and all of us entrepreneurs have done it tough once or twice or three or four times throughout our career. And we know that it was the love and friendship and camaraderie with our family or friends that have just helped us hang, hang in there. And um, I actually show them a snippet of a TV program I produced for Channel 10 some years ago called Dreams Can Come True. And it's all about not giving up and your dream will come true. And we had Michael Jordan and Princess Di and we had David Ducoffany from the X-Files and Paul Hogan, Crocodile Dundee. We had all these people delivering dreams to very worthy people. And when I show that to them, I say to them, it's based on what Sir Winston Churchill said when he went back to his, uh, his primary school that he, he grew up in, and he was prime minister, and this was in 1940-something, and the school principal asked him, was there a particular mantra that he could deliver to the children at the school that he went to that would live with him forever? And he said, yep, I'll give it to you. And it was never, ever, 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 ever give up. And I'm a typical entrepreneur. I've had my highs and lows. And I must say that I have taken that Sir Winston Churchill mantra and I've just pasted it on my pegboard. And pretty much anywhere I go, I have it in my wallet because we're all, all of us, if we're entrepreneurial in spirit, we're going to have some downtimes. And you've just got to realize that, you know, you, there is only one result. If you don't give up, if you just keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on, there is only one result. You've got to come out the other end at some stage, but you've just got to have that tenacity. As long as you realise that what you're doing has some sort of forward motion, I mean, there's no point doing things over again if you keep getting a, a failed result. You've got to pivot until it starts working. Absolutely. You market your business, um, if you could let us know how you do market your business. I um, very quickly, when I'm talking to a prospect, say to them that, you know, because I am the age that I'm in, uh, the second half of my 50s, then I've made every possible marketing mistake that you could ever make. And I made those largely in my 20s and 30s, okay? And then I say to them that if they go to an advertising agency, they will get someone probably of my era that will win the account by telling all the war stories and, you know, basically proving their credibility. But chances are the moment that he or she walks away, they're going to get a uni student that's just come into the advertising agency that's going to look after their account who is probably still using proactive. <laughs> and I say to them, if they were going to have a heart transplant, 
would they rather a surgeon my age that's done a million of them or would they rather someone out of medical school that, you know, is 26 years of age and says, look, I haven't done this before, but we're going to give it a hell of a shot. And that is a very powerful way of distinguishing myself um, against the advertising agencies, which are largely run by creatives who are in their 20s or 30s. And I'm not wanting to say that they don't have great value. It's just they're not going to have the repertoire of failed and winning ideas as I have over three decades. And so that's number one. I think that's very important for anyone that's in a industry where there's a degree of sea of sameness to actually look at who their nemesis is and make sure that they position themselves very clearly differently from that nemesis, if they can. And I can because of the history. And you know. Yeah. And secondly, what I do is that I, um, I champion a formula, Greg, that I've created over the years, which I've called the Wheel of Wow. Now, I know that sounds a little bit cute and fuzzy and all that sort of stuff, but if you're dealing with small to medium-sized businesses as I am, and I think you two guys, are, a lot of your audience would be in the same basket, then you've got to give them something that's easy for them to digest. And so what I say to them that this direct response wow factor you know, sort of formula that I have has five components. Do you go through each of those five, Greg? I think our listener will really benefit out of it. Oh, thanks, mate, because I was frightened you were going to say no. <laughs> no, JD, we've run out of time. I'm sorry. Um, okay, so number one, it's identifying their most profitable target audience. Not their target audience, but their most profitable target audience. So when I got involved in that building society, when I asked them who their uh, target audience was for home loans, they went, oh, look, anyone that's getting married and, you know, anyone that's falling in love. I said, no, they're not. You don't want a Gen Y home loan uh, customer. And they went, yes, we do. I said, no, you don't, because they're going to borrow $200,000, $250,000 or $300,000. You want someone over 35 who's going to borrow $500 or $1 million, because for every one loan you give to that person, then you'd have to make up two or three loans of a Gen Y. And they, the penny dropped, the most profitable customer to sell home loans to was someone who was borrowing more money, who logically was buying the second or third home, and that's why we got Seinfeld. Seinfeld more aptly, you know, sort of appealed to an over 35-year-old because of the generation. Uh, so number one, your most profitable target audience is what you need to define. Number two, create a wow factor to take their eyes off the price. No need to go through that. I've mentioned what that's all about. Number three, create a problem-solution scenario in everything you do, which I call the Neurofen effect. In the old days, Neurofen and in Australia, Panadol used to tell you the features of their product. And that is, is that they've got codeine and paracetamol. We don't care about that. I just want the headache gone in 15 minutes. Yep. Now what they do is they show you the lady taking the, you know, the pill and the glass of water and a little clock next to her ticks along for 15 minutes and all of a sudden the screen turns from black and white to colour. She's got blush on her face, lipstick, and she looks much more attractive than she did when she had a headache. So problem solution is what it's all about, and the weight loss companies like Jenny Craig do that so well. Number four, fix your website, because my view is, and I'm sure that you guys being in the game that you're in <laughs> will agree with it, 90% of all websites, big and small companies, are woeful. They just don't have any of the ingredients to sell. They've got all the ingredients to give information, but they don't understand that information's great, but it's of no value to your business unless that leads to a conversion. So number four, fix your website. And number five is build repetitive trade. And that is, is that you know, the little coffee cafes, they do it properly. They hand a card out. And when you get nine stamps, you get the 10th coffee for free. That's a very, very basic level. But you need some sort of loyalty program in your business so that you can turn a one-time customer into a lifetime customer. Oh, those five steps are just absolute gold. I know you've got a little video about this on your website. Is it all right if we uh, post that on on this episode show notes for the for the listener to have a look at? Oh, Alan, look, I don't want any more clients. Please don't promote <laughs> me at all. Don't promote me at all to anyone if you don't mind. I mean, I'm not into this promotion business. I just I, I don't know what that's all about. No, no, you came on here just for pure pleasure. 
<laughs> yeah, mate, no, look, uh, thank you. Very kind of you. Do you mind if I just tell them the, it's the institute of wow.com? That's the website. Yes, definitely. We'll bleep that out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And Jada, you've got a, a podcast of your own coming out soon. Yeah, thanks, Greg, uh, for the plug. Thank you very much. And I'll fix you up with the $20. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, mate, I am. I've, uh, I've got a great mate of mine, a, a chap called Greg Kasser, uh, who is, uh, you know, an online specialist. And uh, so, therefore, we're getting together and launching our one in the um, in the first half of, uh, of, of July. Yeah, so we're looking forward to it. All about marketing? Yes, mate, it is. It's, uh, it's all about exactly what you guys have been asking here. It's all about the merge of offline and online. And because, you know, I've come, because of my age, I mean, Greg Kasser would probably be early 40s, I guess, and I'm 58. And so, therefore, uh, I've had a lot of my background and history, of course, in the in the offline world, but I've had to make sure that now, you know, I'm offering expertise in the online world as well. But there is no doubt a lot of my history has been, you know, predominantly in the offline world because for 20 years of my background, there was no online world. Uh, and in Greg's instance, it's quite the opposite. He's just come through basically uh, in the online world. He's a Gen Xer. So, therefore, he's, he's not known how to market in the offline world. So, he said to me, it was put forward by him, actually, and I said, what a great idea, that we, we really make a good yin and yang. Um, he can actually, you know, sort of provide, I guess, um, information that leans toward, but still, he understands the offline. In my instance, I will be able to lean towards the offline, but still understand the online. So, it should be a good marriage. And he's a lot of fun. He's very cheeky and he's irreverent. So, I think we might get on. Opposite to you, right? Yeah, look, I'm shy and you know, I don't really want to get out there too often. So, therefore, I said to him, I'll leave it with me. I'll think about it. <laughs> look, I, I, um, I know, Greg, and I think you guys are going to be absolutely fabulous together on a podcast. Look, I, I'd like to just dig a little deeper into this whole online and offline thing. And, and look, one thing that I know from my experience uh, with working with businesses and, and marketing managers, and I'd love your opinion on it. So the first thing is, I was at a conference not that long ago, and a speaker got up and spoke about this fabulous new marketing thing called fusion marketing. Right, And I really, I had a massive chuckle while I was sitting in the audience because he was talking about the marriage of offline and online. And with my uh, consulting work that I do, it's always been about that. And it sounds like you do that very, very well, JD. The point I bring up, the reason I'm bringing up this point is that I find that, that business owners, marketing managers, take way too much of an all or nothing approach to online. They think it's a replacement, which I think is a really bad formula. And you mentioned that when you left Building Society, yeah, that that you know the new board came in and they decided to make a change. Do you find that often you'll get people who are thinking about their marketing, they may have a working formula, but they want to change because they're new in the role and they want to show what they can do and they're, they're, un, you know, they're, they're risking throwing away something that's fantastic just because they want to prove a point? Alan, you have hit one of my pet subjects and that is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> and uh, classic in Australia, and maybe the Americans that might be listening to this won't, uh, won't know this, but uh, Qantas were a five-star airline brand um, here in Australia, but a pretty good brand overseas as well. And they gave the CEO, CEO role a couple of years back to the guy that used to run a budget airline here in Australia called Jetstar. And that would be like giving the CEO role of the seven-star Palazzo Versace Hotel Resort on the Gold Coast, which is where I live, very upmarket, Italian-themed, marble floor, everything in the place is just opulent. That'd be like giving the CEO role of that Palazzo Versace Hotel to the guy that used to run Motel 6. 
And so what the guy who has taken over Qantas has done is effectively taken their, if you don't mind the language, he's taken their brand from the penthouse to the shithouse without taking the elevator. Because the very first thing that he did when he took over Qantas was implement budget philosophies right across the airline, including its brand persona. The first thing that he did was to cull, in other words, stop the song that they had, which was their signature tune, and a famous Peter Allen song called I Still Call Australia Home. And it won't mean a lot to people overseas, but to the Americans, it'd be like saying, look, we're not going to use the Stars and Stripes anymore for our national uh, anthem. We, we just decided we'd do something else. And that's what this guy did, this almost quasi-national anthem by Still Call Australia Home, which was very clever uh, when Peter Allen you know, came out with the song many, many years ago. He just stopped it. And their brand has gone south ever since. And I don't think it will ever be salvageable. I don't think anyone can ever bring it back again. And the guys that took over American Express many years ago and got rid of the tagline, don't leave home without it, they did exactly the same. It wasn't their idea, so it wasn't a good idea. And if I can ask you, Alan and Greg, can you tell me what the tagline is these days for American Express? No idea. I have no idea. There you go. So that is a real, real danger. And I keep on saying to people, look, for goodness sake, put your ego in the garbage tent. If you've come in to take over the CEO role or marketing role and there's something there that's just ticking along, it's not working, then no, put your ego away. Just keep with it. And in the greater building society's instance, Seinfeld, um, I stitched him up for three years. And I left in the last year of that three-year contract uh, because this business that I've created, the Institute of WOW, was taking off and I was picking up a lot of my expertise and I couldn't keep on doing all the travel and everything else that the greater wanted me to do. So I left. And guess what? Seinfeld put his fees up because not him personally. He's got more money than God. He wouldn't know, he wouldn't know what we were even paying, I don't think. But his management put his fee up very moderately, very moderately. And uh, I heard that in the board meeting, and I heard this from the GM, the board meeting, uh, they said, oh, look, you know, Seinfeld, who does he think, who does this American think he is? Now, keep in mind, they tripled their home loan market share in the first of Seinfeld being involved in the campaign that I put together. They they went from already an outstanding result with get a home loan, get a free vacation. When we put Seinfeld on it, it was like putting it on steroids. They tripled once again their home loan market share. Guess what they did when he put his price up a little bit, or his management put his price up a little bit? They got into the board meeting, and one of them said, who does this American think he is? We can get Kerry ann Kennelly for less than him. <laughs> How did that go? For those who are listening overseas, Kerry ann Kennelly is a lovely little daytime TV host here in Australia with a wannabe Oprah sort of TV show, right? Hardly in the realm of Jerry Seinfeld. So therefore, these morons said, oh, well, he's put his price up. I'm not going to play that game. Who does this American think we can get this little, you know, sort of micro TV star in Australia to take his place for a lot less? Well, <laughs> of course they could. And that's why at the moment they're sitting in the doldrums when it comes to market share. <laughs> yeah, and I think there's a lesson in that for every size business owner. You know, I think, you know, you're we're talking about new CEOs and new marketing managers wanting to put their signature on the business. And like you say, because it wasn't their idea, then it's a bad idea. But, you know, small business owners, medium business owners often get what I call shiny object syndrome. You know, something new comes along, they have a limited budget, so they decide to turf what's working to try something new. And it's just not the right way to do it. You know, if you've got a design that is working in your marketing, in your business, Add to it incrementally. Try the new things, but don't disregard one over the other. You know, try and make sure that that you um, you hold on to the winners for as long as possible. And that look, winners don't stay winners all the time, do they, JD? Sometimes you do have to revamp it, but be careful. 
Of course, look, ask McDonough, ask the Beatles, uh, what's her name, Pink, ask all of these people um, if they've had to reinvent themselves throughout their career. Yes, they do, but they've got the, still the core mantra of what they stand for in the first place. And uh, what I would do with the get a home and get a free vacation thing is that we would throw in every now and again a super bonus of Hong Kong Disneyland, five nights there that you normally wouldn't have got for that particular level of home loan, but we'll throw that in for the next month. And next thing, it might be a Hawaiian deal or it might be a Fijian deal. Because how that worked, by the way, if you borrowed $200,000, you could choose from, you know, a certain number of locations that that many points would get you to. If you borrowed 500000 you could go obviously halfway around the world. If you borrowed a million, you could go around the world three times. But every now and again, just like McDonald's, upgrade their menu, whereby they throw a pineapple on the hamburger and they call it the Hawaiian burger, okay? <laughs> well, you need to upgrade whatever wow factor offer that you have so that it doesn't become stale. Because I'm sure that you guys, I'm talking, talking to Greg and Alan now, I'm sure you guys sometimes get annoyed that if the restaurant you like doesn't change their menu, at least periodically, then you go, oh, look, I think I might move on. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the same in business. I mean, I've been in business for 15 years and, you know, we've always stuck to being brilliant designers, <laughs> if I do say so myself, but we've shifted from T-shirts to packaging to point of sale in, and now, our, you know, our main income is websites. And, uh, yeah, we stick to our core but always prepared to pivot and uh, provide something new. Yeah, yeah, exactly, mate. And um, uh, I think... I think really, I know I've mentioned the Beatles and, you know, sort of these entertainers needing to do it, but, you know, the reason I mention that is because it's easy for everyone to sort of get that picture in their mind and go, yeah, they do change sort of regularly. They do. Beyonce is quite different this year to what she was three years ago. I think that's just a good metaphor for all of us to think, you know what, we should do the same thing. It's still the same core values, but we just need to, you know, refresh it every now and again. Oh, look, you know, definitely. I mean, you wouldn't, if your uh, business was a prestige car, you'd want to keep it clean and shiny and polished. You know, you don't, wouldn't let it get dirty and run down and not be serviced. And you've got to treat your business with the same love and care. Hey, JD, I, I'm, I'm curious. I'm going to shoot off on a little bit of a tangent here, but um, Greg asked you about your marketing a little bit earlier. One of the things that I notice um, in, on your websites is that uh, you, you use a huge number of case studies compared to most businesses. I mean, you just have them, you know, case study after case study after case study after case study. Can you tell me why you go down the path of case studies rather than, you know, boasting about services and products and corny testimonials? Like, does it work better? Yeah, very, very good question, Alan. Uh, great question, uh, as opposed to the pretty ordinary questions Greg has asked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was telling Alan before how you have a formula for getting testimonials, which are pretty much your case studies. So, yeah, talk about that as well. Greg just threw that in to try and catch up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, the funny part is, Greg, um, uh, Greg knows this, Alan, but you wouldn't. Because my seminars are a little bit Gordon Ramsay-like in the sense that I will invite people to come up for a hot seat and then we'll throw their website up on the big screen and, of course, I'm going to give it a hard time because there's not many good websites out there except the ones that you, yeah, except the one that you guys uh, did. And I really mean that. I'm not being sarcastic. I mean, what you deliver, Greg, to my clients is just absolute gold, absolute knockout. You nail the brand persona. So, for example, if I'm briefing Greg Allen on a website – I will say, if it's an upmarket website, I will say to him, look, this is Walt Disney meets, well, I'll give you an example. You know, if I've got a whimsical upmarket product, it has a lot of theatre to it, all I have to do to Greg is say to him, this is Walt Disney meets um, Harry Potter, in other words, creativity, whimsical, at the Palazzo Versace Seven Star Hotel, which means it's upmarket, that's all Greg needs, and off he runs. You know, and if it happens to be a Kmart or Walmart-style product, I'll brief him with the same sort of 
mentality and it'll turn out the way that it needs to turn out. There's not many artists that are chameleons like that because what I've found is a lot of the black T-shirt, ponytail, Doc Martin artists um, is that they're just one funky Melbourne cafe style and that's it. You're not going to, you know, that's New York, Melbourne cafe and that's all, particularly with the new responsive designs. It's just, that's the way it is. It doesn't matter whether you are a low market, low grade supermarket or you're an upmarket hotel, you're going to get the same look and feel. So at the risk of this turning into a mutual benef- mutual admiration sort of phone call, uh, Greg, you do a great job there. So I just want to give you a pat on the back. I just got. To, I've got to say that's awesome. I love the way you brief that, and and if that's something that uh, our, our listener, you guys, grab a piece of paper and a and a pencil and write that down. I don't like the fact that you inflated Greg's ego because I have a hard enough time <laughs> keeping that in check. But putting that persona in place, you know, it's just so important, and it does help your design and get it right. So I don't even know where we're up to. Case study. Case studies. Back to you, JD. Al, I got off subject when it was a bromance with with Greg. But what I was about to say to you is that at my seminars, where a lot of small business owners come along to. I'm a bit Gordon Ramsay, so I'll get them up and they'll bring their website up on the stage. And, of course, uh, it's not Greg's website. It's their boring website that got put together by their brother and sister-in-law because everyone has a brother or sister-in-law who's an artist, apparently. And um, and then I'll just bag it out. So it's 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 pretty full on. Um, and I must say that a la sort of Gordon Ramsay style, 99% of the audience take it in the right spirit. So it's very, very few times that I give compliments to anyone. So, Greg, that is a hell of a pat on the back, mate. I'm telling you. Know. Um, <laughs> And look, what I what I must say is that the testimonials and case studies, I think, are right up there in across all your advertising, but in particular on your website. Now, I've done some heat mapping with lots of our clients, and uh, I found that hardly anyone goes to the testimonial page, surprise, surprise. And the reason that is the case is because people don't believe what they're reading on the testimonial page if it happens to be written testimonials. What I say to people is that if you go to my website, you'll see 28 video testimonial stroke case studies. Now, no one will ever look at all 28, but if you're a butcher and you can see that there's a butcher testimonial on there, there's a good chance you're going to click on and see what John Dwyer did for the butcher, okay? And every one of those testimonials is to a very strict formula of um, problem solution before and after. And so, therefore, I will never ask anyone to fib. I don't, but if I've got my iPhone up and I'm asking them to give me, you know, the, I guess, transformation of their revenue, I will ask them to do it in a theatrical way that I know will be a good sell. So, for example, I say to them, you've got to paraphrase my question in your answer. In other words, you've got to put my question in your answer. And they go, okay. And uh, so I say to them, if I said, which basketball team do you barrack for, you wouldn't say Chicago Bulls because, you know, the viewer will never hear my question. You've got to say, I barrack for the Chicago Bulls basketball team. And they get it. And this is a very good lesson for anyone listening, I believe, and that is that if you're doing video testimonials, never let them do it themselves. They will never give you what you want. You've got to drive it, and then the first question will be, now, now, Alan, tell me, what was your life like before you met John DeWire and the Institute of Wow? I mean, what was your big challenges? What was your problems, okay? And he'll go, look, I just didn't know how to attract new clients. I had no clue. I, I was being basically um, mentored by my wife around the kitchen table, and I, I, you know, neither of us have been in marketing, so we really didn't know what to do. Oh, okay, well, thank you. Thank you, Alan. Now, tell me, when you joined the Institute of Wow environment, what was the difference? And they go, oh, well, all of a sudden we understood JD's Wheel of Wow formula, you know, attracting the right, most profitable clients and creating a wow to take their eyes off the price and problem solution and all of that. Well, terrific, Alan. What did that make in terms of dollars? What was the difference that made in your business? Well, the difference is last year my turnover was $2.4 million. This year it's $4.8 million. That's it. End of story. 
That's amazing, yeah. And it does make a huge difference, especially if it's on videos as well, as, as opposed to uh, just written and especially without photos. Uh, people just don't believe that, but yeah, you, you can't help but believe a video, especially if it's results-driven. So that's awesome. Can I mention one thing, Greg? There's a, a fun park down where you are uh, yes. in Melbourne, uh, and it's called Funfields, and I'll make it a very quick story, but basically this guy came on board. He, it's a family-owned fun park. Now, it ain't Disneyland, but it's pretty good. It's not bad. It's a water-themed theme park, okay? Lots of water slides and bumper boats and this, that, and the other. Now, he's advertising up until when I put some steroids into it was basically uh, little kids holding letters, F for, for Funfields, a U, and then an N and F, and they were dancing on the TV screen going, Funfields, come to Funfields. It was pretty pretty ordinary okay and he showed the little children in bumper boats and they were all having a fun time having a picnic with their mum and dad and all pretty lame sort of yeah pretty lame stuff i was walking through the fun park with him and i saw this huge big what looked to be new water slide called typhoon now greg's been involved in the transformation of this guy's entire business so i'm giving greg a pat on the back here too and i said to him wait that looks great he said no it's not he said i spent three million dollars last year bringing that out 12 months ago from canada and it's a what white elephant is just not doing anything for our attendance. I said, what? I said, it looks fantastic. It's one of those big water slides that comes from the mountain uh, and uh, you swing around in a big breakfast bowl and spit out the other end. And he said, yeah, yeah, I thought it would have been better because it's the longest water slide of its type in the world. Freeze frame. I said, what? He said, it's the longest water slide of its type in the world. I said, that's not on your TV ad. I haven't seen that in any of your brochures. So he had an uh, he had an organic wow factor like the iPhone. He didn't know how to market. He didn't make a big deal out of it. It was only six inches longer than one in Florida, apparently, but nonetheless, it was longer. So we changed all of his ads. We got a drone in to aerial photography video, kids coming screaming down this water slide, yelling out it's awesome. Mind you, we did turn the speed up of the children coming down the water slide just a little bit. <laughs> and we Come put on, the don't give away all your secrets. Creative license. <laughs> we put the new TV ads on and the radio ads and Greg did the letterbox drop artwork. We dropped that around to, you know, 50,000 homes. The bottom line of this was, Alan, because Greg sort of knows the story, so, Alan, the bottom line of it was is that we put these ads on Christmas Eve, just the last Christmas Eve that's come, because it took us two weeks to get all this together. We've moved pretty fast. The year before, the biggest week of the year is Boxing Day through to January 1. In Australia, that's 100 degrees a day. So, you know, that's why the water park makes lots of money between Boxing Day and New, and New Year's Day. The year before, he had taken 5,900 people through the park throughout that week. Now, Compared to Disneyland, they do that in the first hour, of course, but this is a little park in Melbourne. 5,900 people for that week of Boxing Day through to New Year's Day. He rang me on Boxing Day after the ad had only been on TV for Christmas Eve and for Christmas Day, and I've got the voicemail taped and I use it at my conferences with his permission. And this is how it goes. Uh, this is him speaking to me on my voicemail. Uh, hey, JD, it's John Verger here from Funfields. Mate, uh, I don't know what we're doing with these TV ads, but keep it up. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. We don't open the gates till 9.30. We've got a six-kilometre traffic jam down the road, and I'm going to have to open the gates because we've got 4,600 people here right now. Now, keep in mind he had 5,900 for the entire week the year before. Anyway, the bottom line of that is is that he's, 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 his traffic went from 5.9 the year before to 22,000 for the same week, okay? And the difference in that multiplied by $52 a head was that he earned an extra $812,000 that week, and multiply that by the four weeks left in the school holidays, he earned out of that one idea of mine uh, around about um, $3 million, <laughs> okay, over that five weeks. And uh, he paid me fifteen grand. okay? So, therefore, he got a pretty good return on his investment. And do you think that's a pretty good case study to put him on? I've got him on my website. 
I've had to blip out the F word, but basically he says, I think this guy is a so-and-so genius. <laughs> and so that is more powerful than you could ever possibly have if you put that in writing. Yeah, you have heaps of case studies like that. It's just amazing. But, yeah, it's all from the, the, the wow factor essentially, isn't it? It is. It's basically, My litmus test is, is that if, a, 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 it, let's say we were all in our 20s, we wish we were, and a very attractive girl walked past the beach in a bikini, chances are you're going to say, wow. Now, if that girl had a dressing gown on, it can be exactly the same girl, exactly the same girl, but if she's got a dressing gown and I don't think we'd say wow. So she knows how to get the wow factor, right? Now, I believe that stands true for a restaurant meal, uh, for a milkshake if it's got the cream and the chocolate on the top. I, I argue why doesn't resorts and hotels anywhere in the world, when you check in, have someone race up to the room and put a Max Brenner-style chocolate fondue with cut-up strawberries and bars on your, on your table in your, in your room? Because if you walked into that room for that whole $2.50 cost that that would be and you saw a chocolate fondue with cut-up strawberries and bananas in the room, you would go, wow, and guess what? You would never stay at another hotel regardless of what the price is. You would never stay at another hotel in that city for the rest of your life. And you would spread the word like Alan did when he went to that, um, that resort in... Uh... The Disney Aulani. Yeah. You know, you've got to have that wow factor. You've got to take it one step further. It's just, I think, you know, it's more than just the wow factor, JD, that you're talking about. And if you, if, if the listener listens back to this episode, which I think this is one of those ones that, you know, even I'll be listening back to, you know, it's about finding that one clear single point of difference. And Greg and I talk about this all the time. You know, it's clarity on that single purpose. You call it the the organic, what was it, JD, the... Um, the organic wow factor, because if you don't have an organic wow factor, then I'll create an artificial one for you. Yeah, but you've got to have it. And there's only one of them. You, you don't have 10 wow factors. You have one. No, you're right. You're right. And, uh, and you know, the thing is, a lot of people, Alan, say to me, oh, look, you have to have a good product. And I say, look, of course, if you've got a good product, it's an advantage. But I've got a number of clients who have what I think are pretty ordinary products but I'm helping them make a bucket load of money because of the marketing system, this wheel of wow marketing system. And I explain it to everyone in my seminars very simply. I say, do you think McDonald's makes the best hamburger in the world? And the answer, of course, is no. A hundred out of a hundred people put their hand up and go, no, of course they don't. I could say, good. They sold $24 billion worth of hamburgers in North America last year. So therefore, we've got a company that makes the very worst product in the world, but just sold $24 billion worth. And do you think that's because of their operational system? No, it's entirely because of their marketing system. They have a great marketing system for a crap product. And it works. And it works. So my view is if you've got a good product and a good marketing system, like Disneyland, for example, then the sky's the limit because if McDonald's can have the worst hamburger in the world and still sell more hamburgers than any other company in the world, can you imagine if you've got a good product? <laughs> Absolutely. You just can't lose. JD, look, I've had a fabulous time, right? I don't want to wrap this podcast up quite yet, but what I'd really love is you've given us just mountains of great information. I'd like to try and get one, you know, really cool, killer piece of advice that you could give our, our clients. And I know you do a lot of work, website work with your clients, and some of it you do with Greg. I'm curious to know, right, if you could just give us your secret approach on how you sketch up uh, wireframes when you're designing websites? Because I, I know a lot of business owners struggle with taking that first step and, and moving forward. Tell us how you do it. Very good way to <clears throat> probably end on um, hopefully a, a valuable piece of information here. Um, Susie, behind the reception desk, used to be the director of first impressions for all of us. She no longer is. She might be the director of second impressions, but she's not the director of first impressions any longer. It is your website. Mm -hmm. 
And as we all know, Yellow Pages around the world is sort of disappearing fast because the first thing we all do when we hear about a business, uh, whether it be through them giving us a business card or we hear an ad on radio or we just get referred to it, is we go straight to the website. And my view is, is that for 90% of not small to medium, but all businesses, their websites are crap. Do you know that Qantas, for example, I know I've bagged them out on this particular call, but they deserve it. <laughs> Do you know Qantas has no video testimonials on their website? Yeah, right. And there's probably a good reason for that, but they don't have. Do you know that um, I've checked out the top 50 holiday resorts in the world? How many of those? Now, if there's ever an industry to have video, not just video testimonials about people raving about the resort, but just video on helicopter shots of the palm trees and the beautiful, you know, um, pool and the beautiful rooms, how many of those top 50 trip advisor resorts do you think have any video on their website? Very few. Take a step. One, we have an industry called the hospitality industry, which you would imagine is just second nature to have beautiful video vision of all of the stuff that they've got happening in the resort. And you'd think that would have testimonial videos all you know, over the shop. Only one. Yeah, one. that's amazing. I mean, so nobody, need- nobody gets the power of this case study video testimonial thing. So I believe that the director of first impressions for all of us now is our website. And that is, and I'm sure Greg would be rubbing his hands together if more people acknowledge this, and that is, is they have to, the very first thing I do when I'm putting a marketing overview statement together for a business to say, fix your ugly website. And the components that I put into the schematic sort of layouts that I give Greg to help him fast track the website is that um, number one, there needs to be either a problem solution headline right up front or a benefit driven headline. Some businesses are not like Jenny Craig. Uh, and so, therefore, it's not easy for them to say, are you overweight and you don't feel good about yourself? Well, summer's just around the corner and you want to look good in your swimsuit. Guess what? We've got a dietary program that can make you look like Miranda Kerr within four weeks. So that is a problem solution headline. OK, a lot of people may not be able to do problem solution, but they can certainly do benefit driven headline. And, for example, real estate agents who mostly are imposters because when you ask a real estate agent, what do they do for a living? They say, we market homes. And you go, okay, well, show me your marketing qualifications. And then you can hear crickets in the background. So uh, marketing. And, well, you ask yourself, have you ever seen a realestate.com or on the front window of a real estate office or in the newspaper? Uh, the first rule of advertising is to put your target audience in your ad. So if you were selling to a Gen Y, you'd show Gen Ys. If you're selling to a baby boomer, you'd show baby boomer in the kitchen or the swimming pool of that home. Every single real estate, I've never seen one. We're talking worldwide. Not one has ever sold anything but a ghost house. Yep, true. There are no people in there. So, therefore, these people are imposters when they tell you that they're marketing houses. They wouldn't have a clue, right? So, the thing is, is that if you are a real estate agent, though, and your average um, sale, and I this is rolling with my tongue because I've had plenty of real estate agents, right? So, if I say to them, what's the average time that you sell a house now? They go, oh, it's 104 days or 92 days. Well, that's not too sexy because when everyone wants to sell their house, they want to sell it fast. I say, well, have you ever sold a house in 11 days? They go, oh, you wouldn't believe it. We sold one about a month ago in just a week. We put it up and, you know, the, 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 the planets aligned and someone bought it. I said, good. So, your headline on your website, how your home in a week. Because we just did that. Hmm. Okay, so all of a sudden you're extracting that wow factor that you've got, but unfortunately you haven't recognised it. And you're not lying. You did sell a home in a week. You're not promising that every single one would be that, nor did the Beatles promise that every record they made would be a hit. But I'll tell you what, they milked Obladi when it was out. So I'm saying extract from whatever you've done that might be spectacular. In my instance, I reckon Seinfeld's on my website more than me. (laughs) 
So therefore, extract whatever wow that you've got in your business. You put that as the headline. Then number two, you need to have a welcome video in this day and age. And that welcome video should not be you and your wife going, oh, hi, my name's Beryl. And we started our manufacturing business in 1924. <laughs> it's got... It's got to be, look, I know why you're here. You're here because you've got back pain. Well, I've got to tell you, I've got the solution to your back pain because we sell these killer mattresses that we had an 84-year-old lady that bought one off us last week. She just couldn't get out before 6 a.m., right? So, therefore, the video has to zero in on the problem solution straight away. Then after that, you need an opt-in box or data collection you know, report where you give a free report. If I was a kitchen renovator, my free report would be, um, and acknowledging that whoever's on my kitchen renovation site is obviously there because they're half interested in a kitchen renovation. So I would say download this free report on the three biggest mistakes that most people make when they're getting their kitchen renovated. Hint, hint, most kitchen renovators will promise you that that's an Italian granite bench top when in fact it's not. Do you think that if I'm interested in a kitchen, I'm going to download that report? You better believe it. And my view is, is that you get their name, their email, but most importantly now you get their mobile. Because with email open rates in single digits, okay, with a lot of email blasts because if anything's for free, people abuse it and we've all abused email, a bit like we eat too much at Sizzlers. And so, therefore, email open rates now, you're lucky on an email blast if you get into double digits. Yep. The mobile or cell number is most important because guess what? 90% of mobile text messages are open in three minutes. 90% in three minutes. Why wouldn't you use mobile text messaging? So, therefore, that's the free report which gives you all the information so that you can annoy them until they buy or die. And then after that, you need to have the three, five or seven, but preferably three or five biggest benefits of dealing with you. So you've had the big benefit-driven or problem-solution headline, you've got the welcome video, you've got the data collection free report, and then you nail them by saying, you know what, let's just put this all into a little compact formula for you. Here's the three or five biggest benefits of dealing with my furniture company or whatever it might be. And last but not least, then you hit them. If they haven't got hard nipples and they want to hug you by that stage, then you put in your video testimonials, but your top three. And these are the people like my fun park in Melbourne that says this guy made me $800,000 in one week. Yours might be they fixed my back in 24 hours. And let's say you have all that stuff. Can can you, can you anybody like put their own website together? Would you recommend that? So if you had all that stuff? Let's say you have all that stuff and you understand what to do. And then let's say you're, you're a kitchen maker and... Would you recommend that they go and build their own website, for instance, and design it themselves? No, you see, that's – and, and, um, and uh, uh, Greg, you're one of those cheeky interviewers. <laughs> you, you know you're going to wind me up. Um, I always say to people, for goodness sake, don't dare give this to your sister-in-law who says that she's a graphic artist. You want to give this to a website designer who actually has marketing skills. And that's – I know this, again, falls into that mutual beneficial phone call but, uh, or Skype call, but, Greg, you are different, and I suggest that Alan is as well. And that is that you guys are marketers as well as being designers. Yep. And that's what's so important because I say to people from my stage, the last person you ever want to give your website design to is a traditional website designer because all they are is an artist from yesterday that's now wearing a black T-shirt and got a ponytail. So really what you need to do is to give your website uh, which is your director of first impressions. So it's the largest, most important, not the largest, it's probably the cheapest, but the most important investment you're going to make in your business is the director of first impressions because who wants an ugly receptionist for God's sake, right? So therefore, this is a really, really important investment. Give it to someone like you guys who understand marketing as well as website design because you're going to merge both, all of those things together. So why on earth would I want to give my most important marketing investment to someone who's just an artist? Yeah, look, 
Absolutely. And look, I've got to put a couple of points in there. I mean, you apply this solidly on uh, your websites, you know, and, and I'm, I'm going to, you, you talked about real estate agents and I really love that. Please go to JD's website, Institute of WOW, and have a look at the case study about John selling his house. You'll love it. And this is the ultimate application of of how John portrays his, his information. We might even just get a link and pop it in the show notes, but go and have a look at his website. Check out his his uh, the way he uses his testimonials and very powerful, unbelievably powerful. Thank you. Thank you, Alan. And I'll, I'll send that 20 bucks to you too, mate. <laughs> yeah, I had to get my uh, 20 bucks out of the call. And check out, I mean, JD's you know, got a, a few sites, but another one which I highly recommend is Wow Central. And that's where JD's put together all of these ideas that you've just listened to in, in, you know, in this podcast into like a swipe vault where you can have access to all this stuff. So, yeah, if you want to learn how to grow your business faster, I would highly recommend that. Oh, thanks, Greg, mate. That's uh, got an AU to it. So it's wowcentral.com.au, that oh, one. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, whereas my other one is the institute of wow.com. But uh, that one, Greg, is something that I think you might even like to consider uh, for both what you and Alan do because, <clears throat> and again, I, you know, I don't want to turn this into one of those corny tonight shows where where, where Jimmy Fallon says, oh, I love you. And then the guest says, but I love you more. But, you know, looking at what you guys deliver, I believe that you have a wow factor in terms of being unique as well. And I'm trying to convince my kids to hang around with people who are a bit crazy. And I don't want them to hang around with just regular people. I want them to hang around with people that have got an X factor. Now, that doesn't mean to say they've got to be in this wacky world of marketing and advertising and entertainment that I'm in and you guys are in. Uh, they could go in to become a lawyer or an accountant or they could be a physiotherapist. But what I'm trying to convince them to do is to try and seek out people in their professional lives. I mean, friends are friends, and so therefore you know, friends and family, are whoever they might be and whatever you know persuasions they have. But in their career, I'm trying try and seek out people with an X factor. Now, Alan has the X factor. Greg, you have the X factor. I think I have. And that's people who can think outside the normal square. And I believe that really, if I was in business, and it doesn't matter whether I was a butcher baker, candlestick maker, I would be trying to seek out suppliers who have that X factor. And whether that's a business coach or whether it's a website designer or whether it's the you know, the, the, the marketing specialist or, or whether it's even the supplier of goods and services, you want to hang around with people that are going to pull something out of their backside that's unusual every now and again. And you know what? They are hard to find. They, that's why 95% of the world's wealth is held by 5% of the world. They are hard to find. But when you get them, stick with them, latch onto them. And whoever's listening to this, if they're in your environment already, uh, Greg and Alan, then I suggest that they might want to stick there. And what I'm suggesting perhaps to you guys, you might like to mirror what I've done with this wow central thing. What I've done is that I've just taken all my filing cabinets from the last 20 or 30 years, which my wife hated me for keeping because we didn't know this thing called the internet was going to come along, but I just dragged them from house to house when we moved. I've just digitized all of those and put them into this massive bank of ideas. And it's called, you know, wow central. And what we allow people to do is just get in there and pay a you know, pretty fair, you know, reasonable price to become a member for a year. And it's a giant swipe file where they can just take stuff whenever they need it and obviously adjust it to suit their business. I reckon, Greg, and I reckon, Alan, you guys are in a fantastic position to do much the same thing. Yeah, look, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've mentioned on a recent episode that I've decided that, you know, it's time for me to to put together my own little program, you know, take all my mistakes from the last 20 years and, and my successes and help people skip the mistakes and just give them the formula that works that they can apply to their business. I think a lot of 
professionals out there don't realise the power of the knowledge that they've that they've got. Yes, because the thing is, when you get to a certain age, you've made enough mistakes for that knowledge to be valuable. When you're 23, you might have made two or three business mistakes, but you know, you get into your 40s, you make quite a few business mistakes. You might as well use that um, to your benefit and others by actually selling the solutions to save people making the same mistakes. Because that's all I do. Basically, what I say these days is that, look, there isn't a marketing mistake that I haven't made. The thing is, at this back end of my career, I can now make money out of fast-tracking you forward so that you don't make those same mistakes because I can tell you what not to do. Yeah, yeah, that's gold. And, um, yeah, that's really cool, JD. Mate, you've been an absolute inspiration on this podcast, so thank you so much. Before we leave, just can you answer what's something that's exciting in your – sorry, exciting you in your business, um, let's say, over the next 12 months? We're going out for a Chinese meal tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know you've got the podcast that's about to launch. Have you got any – you talked about your seminars. Have you got any seminars coming up? Yeah, mate. Look, I um, – I, uh, Hang on. I'm specifically in Sydney near where I live, so <laughs> – yeah, yeah. Look, what we're doing, um, Al, and this won't mean much to anyone in America that's listening to this, but in Australia it'll make sense. I live on the Gold Coast. I'm a Sydney person, so I'm born and bred in Sydney, and uh, and we're like most of the Mexicans on the Gold Coast. We came up from Victoria or New South Wales, and uh, I um, am holding pretty much you know, 75% of all my seminars now on the Gold Coast. And the reason for that is not just the comfortability factor for me, but we're finding that even Sydney people and Melbourne people, if I hold the seminar on a Friday or a two-day seminar on the Friday, Saturday, they are more than happy to fly to the Gold Coast because obviously it's, it, for those in America, the Gold Coast in Australia is pretty much your Orlando. It's like Orlando. And so all the theme parks and the restaurants and the good weather and everything's on the Gold Coast. So it suits both purposes. Number one, lazy me from having to jump in planes and fly around all the place. So we have it on the Gold Coast for that reason. But number two, it doesn't seem to be any problem for anyone from other states to say, let's go to the Gold Coast for the weekend. So most of my stuff's on the Gold Coast. But what I have greg that's probably if you don't mind me just and i'll make it 30 seconds because i know we've gone over time but what's exciting for me is a new product that i have not so much necessarily new design seminars um it's a new product uh, my seminars are all about client attraction so they're all called client attraction seminars this new product that i have is very affordable for businesses it's um it works out to be about a thousand dollars a month and they join a 12-month program whereby they have webinars with me uh, every fortnight. So they get to ask questions and I deliver the answers to them every fortnight. They get a couple of Skype calls personally with me up front, which is, you know, hopefully of some benefit. And what they do is that they come to three big expo-style events each year. And those, uh, this is, Greg, very familiar to Tacky's, as you know. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was kind enough to give me the sort of formula that he works on for small businesses. And so this is all based around being in an environment which is ideas-based. And the three big events that we hold are on Fridays and Saturdays, again, so that they can stick around on the Gold Coast and go to the theme park or whatever on Sunday. It's called the Masterclass Program, and I'm really proud to have launched it uh, only about oh, six weeks ago. And I have to say, we all have products that have a big launch and they do very well, and then others we've got to pump up. This, and I, I really take my hat off to the chap who was nice enough to provide me with this formula, a guy called Tacky Moore, which are friends of you guys, yep. and he taught me how to put this formula together because he said it's very affordable for micros, for startups, and it's easily affordable for bigger businesses when you're talking about 12 grand a year. And it's selling like hotcakes, Greg. Um, we, we've been really over the moon with the results of it. So, again, I thank Tacky Moore for the, for the actual concept because it's, a, it's very affordable. That's amazing. So how do we, how do we join that? Mate, it's on my website. It's theinstituteofwow.com, and you just click on the products page, which will take you to the masterclass program. It's called the 12-month uh, Wow Masterclass program. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, 
Thank you so much, JD. You've been yeah a wealth of knowledge, mate. And uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure having you here. My pleasure. Well, thanks, Alan, and thanks, Greg, for um, you know inviting me to be part of it, mate. And any time in the future, give me a yell. Thanks, JD. Catch you the next time round. Okay, dokie. See you later. Wow, wow, and wow. I know you heard wow a lot through that episode, and I did warn you that it was going to be a long one, but it was definitely, definitely worth it. Greg, what do you reckon? Was that just fabulous? Man, he's awesome. You know, he's a great client, but um, yeah, there's so many killer, killer tips in there. But for me, one thing that stood out was be persistent. Like, you know, if, you, if you've got a really good idea and, and you want to, you know, benefit, a, 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 say, a client from your idea – um, be persistent, persistent. Don't give up on trying to not push, but just you know gently persuade that client to take action. Because if you can get a better result and you know it's going to work, then just don't give up. Oh look, I think being persistent is just one of the things. All successful business owners are persistent. At the end of the day, you know those who fail are the ones that stop being persistent. Uh, look, my my thing is, and the, the thing that really resonated with me is, you know, find your wow factor. Whether it's an organic wow factor, if your business or your product is lucky enough to have one, or a manufactured wow factor, but it is a wow factor. One single thing, you know, clear away all the other noise and focus on that one thing and you'll have huge success from it. Killer. Love it, buddy. Love it. Well, it's been a long episode, so we should wrap it up. And uh, thank you, listener, for hanging in there. And thank you, Al, for uh, for being my partner as always. Mate, it's <laughs> been awesome. I love, uh, although this was a bit of an ego fest for you. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, listener. No, don't be sorry, mate. It was awesome and well-deserved, no, you know. Like, I think... Um, <laughs> I think sometimes we understate some of the great work that you do, or we do. Um, look, thanks, listener. Please, you know, leave a comment if you liked the long episode. If you don't, tell us as well because, you know, we will cut these into two if it's if it's too long for you. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. Have a great one. Catch you next time. Thanks. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.